0: welcome to our podcast for the weekend of the 4th of July from St John's Maxton and St Michael's Lillishaw. My name is Matthew and I will be leading you through the next half an hour or so of music, prayers and readings and we'll also hear the readings explained to us as part of our series on the Sermon on the Mount. So as we begin let's say a prayer together which prepares us to worship. through Christ our Lord. Amen. We're going to listen to a hymn now, O worship the King. Uh, if you know the words and feel able to join in, please feel free to do so. <laughs> God we are made aware of our inadequacies and so we come now to a time of confession where we ask God to transform us and change us to be more like Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord fills the world and knows our every word indeed. Let us then open ourselves to the Lord and confess our sins in penitence and faith. Please do join in with this prayer by saying the words after me. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed through negligence, through weakness through our own deliberate fault we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your son Jesus Christ who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Hear these words of forgiveness spoken over us. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we have the prayer for this week, which is the fifth Sunday after Trinity. Almighty God, send down upon your church the riches of your spirit, and kindle in all who minister the gospel your countless gifts of grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. should we live in a world where it seems that each individual is the person who determines how people should live, not just themselves, but sometimes trying to impose standards on others. Christians are faced with the challenge of how should we live in the light of what Jesus has said to us? We're going through the Sermon on the Mount, which is some of Jesus' most comprehensive teaching. And we're looking at various passages which help us to think in practical terms about the life that we are called to lead. And this week John Preston is going to look at the topic of
1: giving. So I'm going to hand over to him now. This is the second in our series of A New Way of Living. From the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5 to 7. Today we're looking at the first four verses of chapter 6, so let's hear them now. Matthew chapter 6 Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And having heard those verses, i would now uh, ask you to imagine a video uh, that I'm going to show in, in church on Sunday. Uh, and that's a clip of uh, a young woman celebrating her birthday. By doing a whole host of acts of random kindness. Uh, Blessing her neighbours with some brownies. uh, Giving flowers to mums in the supermarket area. um, uh, Putting coins on the parking meter. uh, Leaving a voucher on a bench. Just doing things to bless and enrich the lives of those that she sees. But having heard that passage... And given that some of these are not done in secret, is what she's doing commendable, or not? Well, I've not heard it recently, but in the early years following the relaxation of gift aid in 2000, some Christians were uncomfortable using gift aid because it required them to give their name and details alongside their donation. It ceased to be anonymous. Now, it's almost impossible to make a gift online without someone knowing your gift. And many people have a sponsored giving page, where they invite you to leave a message alongside your gift. And if we don't appear to have sponsored them, they may think we're not supporting them. So there's some thinking to be done to work out what this passage has to say to us. So let's dig into it. Firstly, the context. The four verses that we're looking at uh, forms the first of three sections in Matthew 6, where Jesus talks about the three chief acts of Jewish piety, almsgiving, prayer and fasting. And we're going to look at the others later in the series. In each of the three, the structure of the passage is the same. First, a warning not to do the act to be praised by other people. Then a guarantee that those who ignore that warning will get what they want, but no more. Thirdly, an instruction on how to perform the act of piety secretly. And finally, an assurance that God who sees everything will reward you for this. So let's just see how this works through. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Well, that's the warning not to do this, to receive people's praise. Jesus goes on to say, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Jesus says, that's it, that's all they're getting, they've received it. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. The guidance on how to give secretly. And finally... Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The assurance that God will indeed reward us for all that we have done. So, firstly, let's notice that by including this alongside prayer and fasting as a comment on acts of devotion, Jesus is making it clear that our giving is an act of worship. Second, it's when, not if, you give. When you give, well, when you love someone, you want to express that love. And one of the ways is through giving. Yet it isn't easy to give to God anything other than ourselves. But in his teaching on the sheep and the goats, the when I needed the neighbour passage in Matthew 25, Jesus concludes by saying, whatever you did, for these, the least of your brothers and sisters, you did for me. If we're Christians who love Jesus, then we'll we'll want to give in response to the needs of others and to the needs of the church. It's just as much an act of our worship and living out our faith as our prayer. It's not simply a response to a plea for funds. So, what's really important here are our motives in giving. Why are we giving? Are we giving to bless others? Are we giving to give a gift back to God who has given us everything? Or are we giving to boost our image, being seen to be generous? Well, back in the 12th century, the Jewish rabbi Maimonides wrote about eight levels of charity in the Mishnah Torah to help Jewish givers with that specific question as to how do we give? The lowest of his eight levels is that of reluctant, unwilling giving. And the levels gradually become more blessed as the willingness of the giver, the amount given, and the degree of anonymity increase. In level four, the giver will not know to whom he or she is giving, but the recipient knows his benefactor. Some rich Jews used to tie coins into their robes and throw them out behind their backs and the poor would come up and pick the coins out of their robes. In level three, the giver knows to whom he or she gives, but the recipient does not know his benefactor. Again, some rich Jews used to walk about in secret and put coins in the doors of the poor. As we go up to level two, the giving is done without knowing to whom one gives and without the recipient knowing from whom he received. One example of this would be an anonymous fund in the temple in Jerusalem, where the Jews contributed in secret, and gifts were made out in secret. And for this fund to work, the administrator needed to be good and trustworthy. So why in secret? Well, the early church father, John Chrysostom, explains, it's the father who in due time will do the revealing. Every good thing becomes more pleasing when it's hidden by us, but revealed by God. More recently, author John Ortberg suggests that the practice of secrecy exists to liberate those who are trapped by the desire to be seen, to impress others. The practice of secrecy is Jesus' gift to approval addicts. Well, whilst we're on this thought, I just want to stray from giving for a moment, as it seems to me that this passage also has something to teach us about image and identity. The giver who wants to be seen, the Jew who wandered around with coins in the back of their robes so that they could be seen to be generous. Well, social media enables us to portray the identity that we choose to portray. We create the profile that we want by what we post what we choose to share, and there can be a real pressure to conform to a particular pattern for that identity and image. Freddie Flintoff, cricketer and now Top Gear presenter, writes about Alistair Cook's retirement. He writes this, the Professional Cricketers Association put a video together of players congratulating Alistair on a great career and they asked me to appear in it. I said to them, I've already sent him a video message. But what about appearing in our video as well? And Freddie responds, I've already congratulated him personally. Well, can we post your video message? No, said Freddie, I sent the message to him. Why do I need anyone else to see it? As far as I was concerned, he writes, I'd done what I needed to do. But then I started questioning myself. Maybe according to the modern rules... It made me a bad person that I didn't want other people to know that I'd congratulated Alistair Cook. I was confused. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with social media per se. It can be a really helpful way of communicating and engaging. But it's a path that we need to navigate carefully, lest we fall into the trap of becoming approval addicts. For it is in Jesus we find the security of identity, of who we are. If social media is simply our creation of a false identity and a fake image of who we are, then we're on shaky ground. We were created in the image of God. And in Galatians 4 we read that, In Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ there's neither jew nor gentile neither slave nor free nor is the male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus and if you belong to Christ then you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise american pastor tim keller describes this passage as the climax of the gospel Saying, if we want to understand who a Christian is and why being a Christian is a privilege, we need to understand divine adoption. Through faith in Jesus, we are given everything. We literally become co-heirs with Christ of all that God has in store for the future. It doesn't matter what the world thinks of us. If it looks down on us on account of race, gender, status, we have an equal share in all that God has promised. And so whatever we give won't change that identity, whether it's seen or unseen. So we're called to give to bless others and response to all that God has given for us. And so in conclusion, let me turn back to my original question about the young woman uh, generating planned acts of random kindness. Is it OK to post sponsorship messages on web pages, gift aid and so on? Well, for me, the answer is all about our motive. If in making a gift, in posting on a sponsorship page, we're wanting to be seen to be generous, then the passage is clear. Our reward will be solely an earthly one, which follows from our desire to be seen as generous. But if our thoughts are on responding to the grace we've received in Jesus and our desires simply seeking to live out a life of blessing others, being sheep rather than goats and in doing so bringing joy and blessing into the lives of others, then by doing that, I rather think we also will discover blessing. Amen.
0: To a time where we affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God and would you say these words after me though he was divine he did not cling to equality with God but made himself nothing taking the form of a slave he was born in human likeness he humbled himself and was obedient to death Even the death of the cross. And was obedient to death. Therefore God has raised him on high. And given him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow. And every voice proclaim. That Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. And so we turn to prayer and our first prayer is a prayer that we may be generous givers. God our Father, make us to think more of what we can give to life and less of what we can get out of it. We pray that by your Holy Spirit we would be mindful that we hold our gifts, our talents, our possessions and our life itself in trust for you and the service of your people. Save us from thinking only of our own needs and desires, and help us to remember that it is more blessed to give than to receive, according to the teaching of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Give us generous hearts and generous wills, and generous attitudes. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We now turn our attention to pray for all those who are suffering because of man-made or natural disasters. And we pray particularly for those who have been bereaved through the collapse of the block of flats in America and also through the landslides in Japan. We pray for those who have been forcibly ejected from their homes through war. We pray too for those who are caught in the middle of war and who would like to leave but cannot. And we pray for the relief of those who are suffering from hunger in Ethiopia. We pray for the work of aid agencies as they seek to bring relief to those who find themselves in intolerable situations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We continue to pray for the work of our churches in this area. We pray for the PCCs as they meet this week and next week. And make plans for church life as we emerge from the pandemic. Give all those who meet wisdom and help us to hear your voice and your call to the people of this area. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Next, we pray for those who are sick, those who are suffering, those who are waiting for hospital treatment. And we name them quietly in our hearts. pray today particularly for Anthony Warnham. And we also remember those who have been bereaved and we pray for the families of Mike Harris, of Joan Nichols, and of Graham Brown. And we ask for your comfort for those families. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And finally, as we've been thinking about giving, let's Pray and commend the gifts that we have given to God. We praise you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your generosity. You were rich, yet for our sake you became poor, so that through your poverty we might become rich. With our praise and worship, O Lord, accept our gifts and use them for the enrichment of others and for the glory of your name. So let's draw all our prayers together by saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Just before we finish, I'd like to... Let you know that uh, Mike Harris's funeral is on Thursday the fifteenth of July at ten thirty, and then Graham Brown's funeral is at one fifteen here on Wednesday the twenty-first of July. There is at the moment still limited seating, so if you if you come on spec hoping to come to the funerals, you may have to be outside. We hope to be putting a speaker system so those outside the church can hear what's going on inside the building. I'm now going to finish with a word of blessing. So may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us and with those we love now and always. Amen.